Hello and welcome to We're Watching What? I'm your host Dana, or the DHK as I'm known, and we watched two things this week. So we watched the 2021 version of Dune from director Denis Villeneuve, so major spoiler alert from that. We also talk about the 1984 David Lynch version and of course the actual books. We did try to stay away from plot spoilers that encompass the second half of the Dune book because this lady's movie is only a part one. Part two was actually greenlit the day we recorded this, so we will be getting the second half of it, but as a byproduct of that, we actually tried to stay away from things that we'll be spoiling the second half. But again, if you've read the books or you've seen the David Lynch version, you'll know the frame of reference, but just be aware, we definitely go into details about a lot of this. And we also watched the new Apple TV Plus sci-fi show Invasion. We watched the first three episodes. We lightly touch on spoilers, so just be aware of that. And then be sure to stay tuned after the main discussion as there are a couple of follow-up points. And without further ado, here's, we're watching what? All right, the moment has come. We watched Dune. Jackie, we must start with you because we had you predict it and I'm not gonna lie I thought you were gonna predict something very wild how did you yeah. feel upon watching well are we talking about my prediction or are we talking about like what I like if I like the movie or not what's both because it, so you hadn't you had no exposure to it you know and you predicted you said something about sand and you were correct I can't remember did you mention the worm you didn't mention the worms you mentioned monsters. Yeah, I did. yeah yeah so now uh, having seen this you know what was the experience like for you the experience was good I enjoyed it quite a bit and I'm happy to report that I'm that I didn't get this one wildly wrong, like I did some other things. <laughs> <laughs> so not not terribly wrong. I think in some way I, I don't know is Trimmers vaguely related. I think that maybe I'm sort of combining the two in my head. Yeah, but. I felt I felt like you got when you said your your uh, explanation of what you thought it was. I felt like you got setting mm-hmm. largely without any form of plot, but you got yeah. Setting. You know yeah. what I mean? Because you, you didn't really say much of a plot. You just were like, I had no idea what was the plot was about. Yeah. yeah. I had no clue. Well, I mean, I knew it was like sci-fi. And that's yeah. like as much as like I knew. And then it was probably another planet. But that was like, you know, all I really knew about it. Yeah. I thought that the movie, of course, was gorgeous. Um, I would highly recommend watching it in a theater if you feel comfortable to do so. Because the visuals are just so stunning. The music was incredible. I thought the soundtrack was alien in the most gorgeous way. In the theater, you could almost like see the vibrations coming at you, which was kind of wild and cool and kind of added to the the mystery and sort of majesty of the movie. I will say that, you know, there were some plot points that I kind of bumped on and had trouble with. And do we want to get right into plot? Because I totally can. Or are we yeah, just doing, like, I, I think it's worth because my, yeah. my top question, and I, I think we'll get to Matt and Meyer's reactions later, but my top question, having seen it before everyone else and, and having read all the all of the, the Frank Herbert books and having seen David Lynch's one, I was like, I don't I don't know how much sense this is going to make to someone who doesn't already have some background knowledge of what Dune is about. And because I, you know, once that is in my brain, I can't view the movie without having that background knowledge. So there's no way for me to like experience that. So this is why I really wanted to hear what you thought of it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I wanted to get to Zendaya a lot faster. (laughs) I was surprised that it took so long to get there. I was very stuck because I love a political intrigue drama. And so the point that I'm very stuck on and I'm hoping will get explained in a way that is satisfying in the second part because I did notice it said, you know, part one um, in the credits, which I think added to a sense of like stressfulness because every time there was like a big epic scene, I was like, oh my God, are they going to end it? Is this all I get? And so 
I don't mind where they ended it. I, I will say, like, I, I like that it's sort of like they're um, together and they're sort of figuring out. Because I mean, oh my god, what's I don't know why I'm blanking on the actress's name, but she totally stole the show. The mom, Rebecca Ferguson. Ferguson. Rebecca Ferguson. Yes, she d- was incredible. She was everything. I thought. I thought I loved her character. I was so bought in on everything she was doing. Timothy is obviously great. All the time. I will say that his performance felt a little flatter to me. I don't know if the character just doesn't have a whole lot of depth or if uh, it was just like, it was a little, you know, just a little left a little something to be desired. The big point that I that I bump on the whole time is like, I just don't understand why the emperor would tell them to go set up shop at this place and then send another house after them because for me, if you're thinking like socially, politically, if everyone, if this other house doesn't obey the commandments of the emperor, then they're making the emperor look like they're weak, right? So the emperor took away the spice trade essentially from this one house and then gave it to another house. And then the house that he took it away from came and just attacked them and like decimated them. But presumably against their orders because we didn't see anything the emperor was thinking. So I would have really appreciated some insight into like what the emperor was thinking, what that means, what the empire itself kind of looks like, because it looks like infighting of some sort. And maybe there's some sort of pawn game that the emperor's sort of playing. And, and maybe, you know, so Matt and I were talking after the movie a little bit. He was saying that maybe the second house, I don't know the house's names. I'm sorry, whatever that the house that used that was the big house that had the spice trade originally, not our hero house. They had, uh, maybe they didn't know that the emperor told them that they could come set up and maybe so they were acting, you know, just because they didn't want them there. But then they, I, I, my thing is, is like if the emperor told them to leave, like you shouldn't come back unless you're disobeying the emperor. So then you're just making the empire look weak. And so at this point, wouldn't the emperor just go after you? because Apparently, spice is like the thing everyone needs in the universe to be able to travel between, you know, far distances, which cool. That's interesting. But why? So anyway, the house war thing should have been interesting and cool and compelling, but mostly Mm -hmm. just bumped on me and I just couldn't figure out why it made sense. So I'm hoping that it gets explained later because I do love that sort of intrigue and that kind of like betrayal type of stuff, but it just felt very like didn't make sense why would the emperor do that you know or why i needed to see at least some machinations i guess from the emperor's side to understand that this is coming from a place of like they're playing the game or they're fucking weak and just you know these houses are sort of scrambling for power to become the emperor or whatever i don't know but that was sort of the plot that i you know bumped on we're gonna take a quick break and be right back and we're back so Dana, I could see your face. Yeah. And I just want to clarify. I was I've been trying not to give full on story spoilers regarding motives mm-hmm. and things. And so you know, it's like not that it's something so crazy and out there, but they clearly kind of kept it a little more under wraps a bit because we didn't even really get to meet the empire right. much. The, the emperor and right. his daughter and all this and stuff. So I did tell Jackie that initially books but also even the david lynch film we are given the narration by the princess and this and that and you Mm -hmm. you know eventually learn that she is you know with the emperor emperor's daughter you know but and we're seeing this 
from their point of view and kind of getting more information. But in the movie here, we're learning things with Paul and everyone as they're learning them. Whereas she is telling us things sometimes that the characters don't know yet. Right. Right. So I, I right. felt like he was trying, he's trying to create mystery around that. I mean, he put this from the eyes of the oppressed, essentially by having Zendaya be the one, Shani being the character right, right. to narrate this. And I love that shift and I can get into that later, but I was trying not to spoil the yeah. motivations for Jackie. So <laughs> my question, part of the reason I'm making that face is I, again, as I said, my experience with this is just so blurred by, you know, being in the middle of rereading the book when I watched it the second time and all, just all this stuff. And so I couldn't remember if, I do think they hint a little at it in the, in the Vienu version um, that I picked more up on the second time I watched it, but you are absolutely right in that there is, I mean, half of the Frank Herbert books are this huge giant political game about the houses and spice and all, you know, the, the trade guilds and all these things. Um, it's actually, very, well, obviously Star Wars is hugely influenced by this so galactic empire, you know, that type of stuff, but you're right. It's, it was not the focus of this version of it and it is a huge part of it. So I think I think you're you're correct in feeling that itch, and I'm guessing you know part two has already been greenlit as of today. So you will probably get more. I, I hope you get more info on that at some point because it is you know I, I hope it's not a huge blow, but it's 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 important to it. <laughs> yeah, I think I think they'll definitely give more info, and also I mean Jackie, just for your sake of what was shown anyway, you know there, if you remember the scenes where the the army is going, they're like. They're all assembling and they're going to be going to Arrakis essentially to Dune to attack House Atreides. That's the Harkonnens, you know, the original house, of course, but and part of the Empire's army. So it's not necessarily like that's and that's what we were seeing because it was that, that planet. It's the only yeah, thing I know, but that planet, still doesn't make sense to me. Like, I don't get it. it. Why would you do that? I guess, yeah, I guess in my mind, I, I'm kind of like, I think his goal is to say, OK, wait, so they're working together on this. Yeah, I do. I do think Leto Oscar Isaac says at one point, like, it's a trap. You know, they've been they've been set up to fail by the Empire because, you know, they say, okay, you get you are now in charge of the most important thing in the universe. You are in charge of like making sure this the spice must flow. And yet we are fuck up the spice flow like that. Why would you screw up your own empire? Well, but if this this I mean, this isn't a spoiler, but in the movie, you know, we know that the Harkonnens have a horde of it, right? We know that other people probably have had a horde of it. You know, it's logical to yeah, assume maybe the emperor. Want to? I don't know. It's st- I. I still don't get it. I don't. I don't. I don't understand yep, why the emperor. Did that. I, I think they did lay the groundwork, but it would have been much nicer if it was in one continuous go, right? Because there, are, there are definite reasons, and I think that there are guesses that a viewer from this probably, hopefully, could make. Maybe not if, like, you if you went through and like, okay, but but I agree with the point where it's like. They could have and probably should have laid more groundwork to create the intrigue more. Like why? No one why be split did you ruin this house so bad? What What do they do? They were just living on their planet, doing their thing. Where, where are they? You know what I mean? Yeah. Where are they? Betray you or whatever. I don't know. Betray you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Betray you. <laughs> wishes. Yeah. Arrakis. Arrakis. Sure. House of um, and then they're on Arrakis. Yeah. 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 I. I you're not wrong. I do. I. I think. I think if you were to watch it again, you would pick up a little bit more of the logic in it. And it, I get this is something that came to me having the benefit of seeing it twice. But I, as I said before, parts of it are definitely missing. And and Matt, to go back to what you said about the, you know, it's a colonialist story. 
I thought it was definitely interesting to cast all the almost all the people of well, yeah, all the people of color except for Dr. Yue as you know the Fremen who are the native population. But one of the points of conversation I see around it is like Dune is so aggressively inspired by Middle Eastern and and Islamic culture, and there's not a single person of that background in it. And I was like, ouch. Yeah, ouch. I was wishing <laughs> I was wishing for that a little bit more, especially because I don't think it's much of a secret that Frank Herbert was largely inspired oh, yeah, by yeah. the oil trade right yeah, half, of it's like, yeah, half of it's in a lot of yeah. the language is just like arabic yeah. words <laughs> yeah it's west versus middle east and the oil brigade so it's like yeah that would have been a, a nice thing uh to see i definitely agree with that i did love the movie i felt that it was uh it felt as if he wanted to make one four-hour movie mm-hmm. for the whole the whole story for the first book anyway yeah and then you know, they're not going to let him do a four hour film. And he's like, okay. And they're like, okay, let's split it into two. Right. And then instead of having two parts that were two hours, he wanted to make it more than two hours, like two and a half to make it more of an epic. Right. So that it did feel like there was some fluff in there that could have been trimmed, I did think. But I really thought it was, I mean, of course, yes, beautiful and all the things, but really well acted. And I thought it, I liked the shifting of the focus for the narration here through Shawnee instead mm-hmm. of the princess. I thought that was pretty cool. And letting us learn things with Paul rather than know things that Paul's going to learn <laughs> at the time or right. that the people are going to learn, you know. But I thought like, man, once it got to that point where where the army, you know, the military came and they were invading Arrakis and everything just went crazy. I just, I mean, I thought that next like half hour was so tense. Just really cool. Like I was really, really, really into it. And even knowing, I know in the story, at least I know in the base story, who's going to die and who's not at whatever, but I don't know at what point they're really going to do it in the film. Mm -hmm. I kept also thinking because I I didn't know, I don't think I knew all that long ago this was a two-part thing, but I learned recently it was going to be a two-part thing. And so I did spend a lot of the time, where are they going to cut this? Where are they going to cut this? Because I kept getting worried every time I I could feel something notable was coming, like Duncan Idaho, for example. Mm -hmm. I was like, do not make this a let's escape this palace here in Arrakis. And then it's just over real quick. We have no idea how anyone is like, right. (laughs) uh, I I really thought they were going to do some really crazy cliffhanger thing. And I was really stressed, but you know, they didn't. Yeah. I, okay. I'm going to be, it's not, I'm almost afraid to voice this because I feel like anybody who says anything less than glowing things, I see them getting like attacked. I'm like, I enjoyed the film and I admire the artistry that went into it. I just, because of all the baggage that I personally am bringing to it as a viewer did not maybe enjoy it as much as I could have because I was sitting there comparing it. And that's, I don't think that's the movie's fault because anytime, well, I mean, anytime you do an adaptation, right? Like you are just treading into that territory, but it's comparing it at the first watch through. I was do you like, love the books? Is that why? <laughs> I, I don't even know if I love the books, but I enjoy, I, I guess I like, I'm happy I completed the books. And then the other problem with the books is I read them all in one go and there's six of them. And you know, by the time that he's done writing them, they get very far from like space political theater intrigue. Yeah. They get very trippy. And so yeah. that the, the trippiness is the part I remember the most. And so having to work my way back to like, oh, yeah, this is actually a, you know, a battle between nobility over the you know control of goods was I was having trouble rectifying that. And then I was also sort of comparing it to David Lynch's version, it, just in terms of casting, because I was like, okay, who did this person play? Who played this person? Who was that again? I was like, who is yeah. who played Patrick Stewart? Which one was Sting? Yeah. You know, all that type yeah. of stuff. And it's, it's not the movie's fault. That's just sort of like how my brain worked going into it. And so I tried to go into it less, I don't know, wound up for the second version, but I still found myself being like, 
then I found myself comparing it to the book, which is the hardest part because I was like, oh, I just imagined uh, to, to, you know, the Rebecca Ferguson point. I was like, oh, that was actually one of my least favorite interpretations because she's just so different to me, at least in the book, because a lot of the book takes place through her in- internal monologue and it's a lot of just her talking to herself. And that's how we find out a lot of information. And so seeing her as a sort of almost... I, I got the feeling, and maybe, again, this is just me, I was like, she she almost came across more mild and, like, less in control than she did in the books to me. She doesn't doesn't feel in control to me. Okay, because in the books, it feels more, she's much more, mani- not manip, well, no, I feel like she's a little more manipulative, or just her, the whole order of people she belongs to, their entire existence is designed to manipulate things. So she just comes off as very calculated, but in a way, I respect. And in this, she felt more, like, victim of circumstance. I thought it was just like emotional overload. I feel like she had all these plans and these thoughts and then it's all starting to come to bear, but not in the way she pictured. So it's like very stressful. Yeah, I felt it's hard because I, you know, again, I've, I've also read the Frank Herbert, I believe all of them, but man, this was so long ago at this point, like, right. uh, But I know I've definitely read the first few at least. And, I don't remember, I remember what you're saying when you're saying it, that, yeah, we see a lot through her eyes and stuff and I, uh, and her internal monologues. I seem to remember in the book, though, thinking that she was even less powerful than I felt she was here. That's probably not the case, but I just, like, I felt like they gave her a little more kind of, like, when you meet her mm-hmm. and them at home, I felt like she runs this household. Very much. In and I don't movie. know if I, yeah. yeah, in the movie. And I don't know that I remembered that from the book, but it felt kind of, in the books, I know it's like they're not even married and she's his concubine and this. And I know that that right. was touched upon here, but it felt more kind of like they were acting as if they really were married in this to me than I remember. But I could be totally wrong, but I liked that. No, I think, I, really I think, yeah, in the, in the books that that is a plot point. It's an, actually, it's a, I think it's a more well fleshed out plot point that I kind of wish I'd seen in the movie just because I think it does give her more of just a role than being like mother wife. And, and again, the whole Bene Gesserit thing is just like, there's just so much going on in this. It's a big book. And I'm like, it's a really tough thing to adapt. And and I have to just sort of put, I have to remember to change gears and be like, no, nope, they're separate things, but it's just so hard because it's Dune. Well, and, and to that point though, it it's hard, but it's also, you, you talk about like the baggage you take into it, but that it's only natural because it's something where there's such a huge property. And like you said, I mean, it's a polarizing film, but the David Lynch one does exist, as does that mm-hmm. one that was made for TV. And yes, it starts James McAvoy, by the way. Right. Something and I forgot. Like, there are, there, it is something that has, has been adapted. It has, you've read it, all these things. It's like you're, everyone is going to go into this with, a microscope in a way if you are familiar with it and kind mm-hmm. of you're going to come out on one side you're either going to be like wow that blew me away or it's just kind of like oh I wish they did this better and so you might love this this and this about it but then it's hard not to focus on the things you don't love right and it's not even, you have expectations right I don't even know if it's that I don't love them I just or maybe it's I don't love them but I don't hate them necessarily right it's just it's like new information I have to parse and I didn't come out of being like this is the most superior version of it I mean yes from a technical standpoint of course it is but you know, I, I don't know if David Lynch is Dune. I'm like, that's Dune. And I don't think I'm necessarily like, this is Dune. It's just sort of like, we're all Dune now, I guess. We're all the sandworm. <laughs> You're Dune. <laughs> You're Dune. I'm Dune. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I'm, I'm I thought the witches were really cool. I was into that. 
Yes, there's such about a the witches. big part. Yes, there's such a big part that I, that's why I was like, she's like, so. Mother Witch was the best part. And I was like, she was in it for like 10 minutes, you know? I mean, it was a wonderful scene. And, Fox. you know, the yes. one, the, the few, the few, one of the few scenes that I thought, I mean, Timothy does good at everything, right? Like, I, I think he's a good actor. I just think that, like, he just seemed very like, I'm going to go along with the flow. And maybe that's the character, but I like my heroes a little. Yeah, you know, I don't more think machination. Paul Atreides, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, Paul Atreides <clears throat> is like not the best protagonist. He is. He's pretty vanilla. He's very vanilla, and and it only gets weirder as yeah. And as it's like stories. I think Timothy gave him as much depth as there was there, you know, but it just didn't feel like there was a ton. So well, oh, yeah. again, I don't know. Are we? Eh, I'm like, do we want to talk about the missing bits or now? <laughs> Well, that's the thing is I was I was going to say with you having recently revisited right first novel and getting to a halfway point did how far along into the book like did we cut here because obviously I know things sequentially we did, a little different. We but. did not cut in very far. Yeah, that's because I, I remember like, so much more. I was like this even though this was two hours and thirty five minutes, I felt like we still didn't even scratch the surface of what's going to happen, and I. From what I remember. <laughs> yeah. And and I think some of it is that the book spends a lot of time on a lot of the interior monologue and a lot of like random description things. And then when plot points happen, they happen very quickly. You know, it's just like, and uh, betrayal. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I mean, cool. Yeah. I think, <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I think this movie had more than that, but it was still. Oh, yeah. I'm talking about like Frank Herbert's writing, right? It's I, just yeah, like. I do feel like, you know the cinematography and the costumes and and all of that was such a good part of it but it, it was bloated a little some of that stuff yeah or i feel like what i would have wanted from this is a mini series you know yeah, i agree like a like an Maybe. hbo you know 10 plus hour just sweeping epic so he can do everything he wants to do in it and more and i think i i do think that he if that's the route he had chosen or if that's, you know, maybe that's what he secretly wanted. I don't think that's the case, but I think he could have done it and done an amazing job. And that's not to say this isn't an amazing job, but I would have loved to see the 10 hour version of this. Well, I think it's very interesting that part two wasn't, a, you know, greenlit until this weekend. Yeah. I think it was very until bold. Like today, right? Yeah. I, mean, I think it was, it was incredibly bold to make a part one and call it part one not knowing you're going to be able to make part two. Yeah, I didn't it's know it was part one until I, that popped up on the screen. And I that was, is what? some coolness. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They didn't really advertise that, I felt. And that, and then it's like, I once I saw it, like, learned it was going to be part one, I was like, oh, okay, cool. I just assumed part two had been greenlit. Like, I didn't necessarily think they filmed it already, but I was like, okay, so that'll be happening. And then to learn that until today it was not greenlit, I was like, oh, God. I kind of assumed, and it was kind of silly, but like when I saw part one in the movie, it was like, oh, okay. Well, maybe they had a lot of footage, and they just decided, you know what, let's Split just it. make it two movies, mm -hmm. like whatever, like a Harry Potter seven or something. Yeah, and, and then like, oh, seeing it greenlit, and then we were talking after, and Matt's like, no, I don't know that it's greenlit. I haven't heard anything, and we're like, okay. And then today we saw the news that it was, you know, finally greenlit, and I was like, wow, such an I interesting mean, choice to not just, you know, do the cheaper budget-friendly well, thing. Yeah, because I was going to say, I have a, a neighbor who, we were talking about it the other day at the dog park, and he was saying he got, he was it, it was reminded, because he didn't know anything about doing going in either, and he was like, it kind of was giving me a little bit, not as crazy, but fellowship vibes of the ring, mm -hmm. you know, where, where it's like, if you don't continue this, this story is going to remain just incomplete. Right. Totally right. incomplete, because it's like, you didn't just 
those books, you know, Lord of the Rings is written in a way that they all are very in line with each other. So they just get spliced in different areas, just like the films do. But most movies, you feel there's the narrative, it, it kind of comes to an end, and then a sequel happens. You know, it's like, most stories do that, <laughs> unless it's a guaranteed, we're getting another, then you do this. And so it was very risky. And I'm glad to hear that there is another. There must have been some sort of back end thing, because I can't imagine, you know, they read the script, so they knew this movie wasn't done. Yeah, I part of me and I don't think it's actually the case, but part of me wonders if this is just like a huge marketing ploy, right? Yeah. Like, go to the theaters, otherwise you don't get to see the second. (laughs) No, I wondered I wondered it too, if they had they had already greenlit this and we're doing two parts, but we're not gonna announce the second part until box office numbers or whatever, we'll make it seem like it was because box office number, you know. Right. I thought that. And I, I think that's very, very, uh, possible. very possible because right. I just can't imagine a director would be like, yes, I'm going to take on this epic story of epicness and make this gorgeous film that is incomplete. Yeah. Well, or you believe so firmly it. in your vision that it, yeah. you know, you're, oh, Maybe. That, which, which paid off, but I, yeah. I, yeah, it's, it's just, it's tricky. And I feel, I don't know. I feel like maybe it's just because my job is to be on the internet all day. I feel like I have hit also a dune overload because it's people have been talking about nonstop, which part of me is like, that's great. But <laughs> because I, I, I don't know. I just feel like I'm sitting in this weird camp of being like, I didn't, you know, I think you should yeah. go see it, but I'm not like, yeah, dune. Also, that's so interesting. I feel like I haven't seen anything in my Oh, I see I see a lot yeah. of it on Twitter oh. and stuff, and I, don't I think really it's go on because, Twitter, I guess. So maybe that's. I why. think it's because when anything like is this big and this divisive, mm-hmm. in the way where people are loving it, people are hating it, everyone starts to dig their heels in the sand even more right. in their field when they, you know, whatever wherever part of the line they're on, and I, I, I do think if I know Twitter was a thing, but if it was the current culture right now, I do think. Watchmen would have had a similar thing because Watchmen was divisive like this, where it was like, you can't film that movie, you can't do it. Yeah. And then people loved it and people hated it. And then well, it was like, I did see a lot of it, but I think it'd be more now like this. I don't know if I've seen, and maybe this is just because of the places I'm looking, I don't know if I've seen people hate it. Oh, like, I don't I think anyone, oh, have you? Yeah. Okay. People think it's like a waste of time. It's like watching paint dry. It's just like, this guy <laughs> should just, they're like, hey, this guy should just be a, a nature cinematographer because that's all he cares about doing. <laughs> Okay. I was like, yeah, and he right. created it. Okay. But well, he I'm glad, the story. Yeah. I'm glad I don't fall into like that camp. I mean, I would watch that, but I'm also just kind of like, you know, I, don't, I mean, I've seen. But then the people who defend it then get very kind of like, oh, you just don't understand real sci fi and you just can't, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's like, gets all this very defensive, like, anyone has to get in the Well, game. but then there's two camps of defense. There's the like the book adaptation camp and being like, you have to just accept that it's this. And I was like, yeah, I do accept that, but I still. <laughs> It's still based on source material. Like, this is inextricable. I hate that argument. I get everyone's like, you just have to keep them really separate. I'm like, yes, maybe that works for you. Okay. And I'm happy for you that you're able to separate things. I, unfortunately, when I love things, love them. Right. You know, and and have trouble, you know, knowing that it what it could be and what I think it should be. And then, you know, speaking mostly about Harry Potter, I guess, but still. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, you know, like Lord of the Rings, even Lord of the was, Rings, you know, just massive. any, just like any of them, it, it's you can love them, you can absolutely love the movies, but there's nothing wrong with being like, you know, the source material did it this way, and I liked that. Yeah, and it's there right. are also things about the source material that I'm like, mm, this is not great. Like, I will, no, this yeah. might be super unpopular, but 
by the by the end at least frank herbert is a master at sort of like complicated plots and political intrigue and all that stuff but his actual writing is not always the best and in fact by the end it's almost incomprehensible and then his son and another writer went back and like picked up the franchise once he passed away and wrote a bunch of prequels i think those are better written frank herbert books than frank herbert's books is what because they take place in the world of Dune and they like follow the houses, you know, beforehand, and you get to understand why they're so embroiled and all this stuff, but they are just better written. And I'm or maybe better written to be, right? They're the more prosaic. And so I'm just like, okay, well, I'm not saying Frank Herbert's Dune is the greatest thing ever written, but you know, that's what they chose to adapt. <laughs> yeah, no, and there and there are certain things it's like, you know, when you obviously we know different mediums call for different things, but they always kind of talk about when you love a source material, it's like you want the, the essence, you want like the heart of it to be captured. And you can and I think take, he did that. I think, I think he, he did, did yeah. it. And, I, and you can take liberties and things and change. You can change genders. You can change skin colors. Oh, you can do all kinds of stuff. And I mean, I, I, I. My mom got so hung up on that. And I was like, just let it, it doesn't matter. Dr. Kynes. <laughs> yeah. Because I really liked her. I thought she was great. And I, I liked, I liked that they made her a woman. And yeah. I. Yeah. Well, it was just like, the gender was like insignificant to. Who's uh, it was the same, same same character. She was the uh, scientist on the planet who's like the the judge of the change, and so she's the uh, um, yeah. the black woman who goes with them in the thropter, and like, yeah. yeah. She's the senator from Rogue One that I love. In that <laughs> that meeting toward the end when they're talking I mean, about. I mean, I liked her character. Yeah. What chance do we have? Yeah. But again, that's a character that not only did they switch the gender of, but it's you know I do think the role is different than it's portrayed in the books and not in a good or bad way. It's just different, right? A little like different. Yeah, it serves a little bit different of a purpose. And then I remember, I mean, I was telling Jackie a little bit, but like the David Lynch version of, of Baron Harkonnen, like <laughs> with all the gross, like, <laughs> I can't. But, but, and, you know, so I was really happy just for my own appetite that, yeah. that that didn't happen here. But that you got Blobby still in Skarsgård instead. <laughs> yeah. But I remember, you know, and he was still floating around and stuff. And I was like, okay, this is great. But I remember very much so that it was disturbing to me. And I, I like disturbing. But, I mean, isn't he, doesn't he keep young boys as sex slaves? And oh, yeah. Like, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. And it, it kind of perpetuates the, the kind of stereotype of, like, the villainous, like, maniacal kind of, like, you know, gay men or predators and, and this kind of whatever. Which oh, yeah, I didn't to say that, but... It's not to say that, it, that, it's he's, that that's what he's trying to say. But, it, mm-hmm. but it's kind of problematic in a way. And I'm glad that we got rid of it. Because yes. we did. I mean, he's still disgusting and awful, but we didn't have to see him. Not that you have to see him raping raping young boys, but I just mean we don't have to to be made aware that that is a character. Is happening, part. right? Because it doesn't matter. You can still hate him otherwise. You know? Yeah. It's still disgusting. Yeah, I forgot about that implication. Well, that's, I mean, there's a bunch of things in it. Like, for me, the thing that still gets under my skin, and this is accurate to both the book and the movie versions, is, you know, Dr. Yue is, like, the Asian, the only Asian character who, by the way, in the David Lynch version, is played by Dean Stockwell from Quantum Leap, who is very white. So I was at least glad we got an Asian <laughs> person in this. But, like, the Asian traitor thing. Traitor, like, yeah. We have one Asian, and he's a traitor. Can we retire this trope, please? Like, please? Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. And it's it just seemed, it again, seemed like an opportunity again we are in a fictional as far as we know world here (laughs) and you know it's like there are no rules for what anyone has to be so this was such an opportunity to like just go and just color those houses up just make everything look everyone could be it doesn't matter you know what I mean like just we could have had so much more different ethnicities thrown into this in meaningful roles and would have been great 
you know, yeah. one Asian guy and he's a traitor. But, you know, right. how many other people could have also been Asian? Right, exactly. Right. We can, That's what we I mean. Can is we, could just... the, we can mitigate it by, you know, making yeah. it so there are other people, yeah. Asian people who exist in this world. Yeah. But apparently and then he, no yeah. more. Exactly. No, so, they don't exist. Yeah. There's the one in oh, there. That's right. Trailer. At least he was a doctor and also fulfilled that stereotype. Yes. <laughs> At least he didn't disappoint yeah. his parents in that way. He was he he had successes before this failure for judgment. Yes. Yeah. That's the yeah. other thing. That I mean, I don't this is a question for you, Jackie. Did that feel super abrupt to you? Oh yeah. Very okay. strange. That was that I was just kind of yeah. like, oh, okay, he's a traitor. How weird. And then yeah. you finally figure, I mean, at the end, you sort of figure out that they kidnapped his wife and that's why. And then he's an idiot who trusted them. Right. Um, and again, trying, I'm, I'm trying not to play this game, but I'm going to play the game. Like that is, that is an example of something that we get a lot more perspective on through Jessica's internal monologue in the book where she's like, talk, again, talking to herself. And like, you know, during their move and all that stuff, she's like, oh, yes, like, can I trust him? Oh, well, his wife was a, a Bene Gesserit, actually, and all that, you know, all this stuff. And it's just like, oh, here's all the backstory that explains, gives me clues and crumbs as to why eventually. And it's still, again, not the most motivating, like, make sense thing, because, you know, the Harkonnens are like jerk bags. But at the same time, in the movie, it was just like, you know, surprise, <laughs> I'm the bad guy. <laughs> a tool of the bad guy. Doesn't Duke Leto also very much suspect that they're walking into a trap. Yes. So when you kind of, that could have been nice to lay the groundwork there a little bit. They, I guess they kind of were like, oh, you, you know, I think he does say something like we're getting, right. It's going to be very kind dangerous. Of, we're getting set yeah, up yeah. with things. So there was okay, a little, yeah. right. This is why, but again, you need I think more the, like, yeah, no, I mean, you need it, more than that, right? Like, it's, it's just like, like, you need, we just needed like a scene or two from the empire's perspective or, you know, somewhere else that kind of, hinted at the greater well i think yeah i think we needed more context on what houses are and you know the fact that there are more than two in fact there are many and there's a network of you know all this stuff which might get revealed in the second one but i do think it would have made more sense to inject a little more of i think yeah it's it's the thing just just a tiny bit more world just a pinch just a sand pinch of just a a spice i do understand like Probably one of, you know, not very many people who have never seen any of it. But, you know, a movie oh, like I, I think a lot of people have not. But I think, yeah, just, just a tiny bit of more world, world building would have been great. Yeah, because, you know, it's the difference between this is high, high sci-fi, like the high fantasy type of thing. And so you look at, say, Lord of the Rings versus, you know, Harry Potter, which is contemporary fantasy of our age, right? And it's like, you have high fantasy versus you have fantasy that exists in our world. Mm-hmm. And so you look at the difference there. And in my opinion, one of the most perfectly executed intro to any film is Fellowship of the Ring. I think that they, I mean, and it's all written by Tolkien because it's exactly how it is in the book. But it's just that it's, it drops you in and it says, here's this world. Here are the players. Mm-hmm. Here's what happened. Now here's a hobbit. And it's just like, <laughs> And and then and you we're gonna and, and if you if you if you pay attention you're gonna find out why this hobbit is gonna be important and it's like but we still are able to see more overarching stuff that's going on that are gonna affect this hobbit and so we are fearful for the hobbit this whole time and kind of watching it go through but we understand the world right from the get go well, and that's and what this that, didn't do that well right but not only that we understand the world from the get go and then we get reinforced into the stakes of the exact world we're living in through the council of elrond right we get that fellowship the forging of the fellowship we get the like 
you know, and it's it's a tiny bit expository, but it's still like, you know, you can't have this because I get it. You know, that type of, that gives us the factions that are being split up here. <laughs> we could talk about Lord of the Rings. No, <laughs> like, totally. Yeah, no, we well, trust it. It's my favorite topic. One of, I mean, Matt and I became friends because we both loved it. Well, there we go. One of the things that this is like, you know, talking about adaptations and the fact that, you know, there's a Lynch version, all this stuff. The thing that keeps popping into my head is like, what happens when the Lord of the Rings TV show comes out to us? You know, (laughs) but I was trying to figure out and I was like, oh, it doesn't take place during the third age, I don't think. Which means that we won't be comparing it one to one of like, hey, you're trying to cover the exact same plot points that like Lynch and um, Villeneuve are covering, right? Like this is this is taking place in the same world, but it's not the exact uh, the exact same story. Hopefully, I my think. understanding is it's supplemental. It's more second age, right. uh, but my understanding, although the the only image they released shows things from the first age, it's just very stressful because I just don't understand. But I'm I love it, but I'm scared. But I think it's meant to complement the Right, things. right. Which is so, which makes it very different, right? As opposed yeah. to the one-to-one. But you know. risky because it's kind of like the X-Men question, right? Where I don't know I don't know if they're gonna acknowledge the films mm. as canon or not. And so I think it's complementary to those, but I think that they can still do things that aren't gonna make sense with the films. Right. If they want to. Well, I think that I mean Because we're gonna see in- the we're gonna see, I think. If I'm correct at all here, we're going to see Sauron rising to power. We're going to see him as, a, as an elf, and I think, or an Anu. But we're going to see him rising to power from the Maya and all that stuff. And so I don't, I don't know, but that's the vibe I get. And they could really muck that up if they wanted to. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's already funny because it does take place. You know, they they've cast people of color in it, right? And so it already is like, oh, uh, yeah, take place in the same universe because there's none of them in the world. You uh-huh. know, like. But I mean, that's again, this is just like where my mind jumps to in terms of big, huge franchises that now we all have sort of a semi definitive visualization of what happens when something else pops in. And we've seen it successfully done before, right? Because it's like, oh, we had Star Wars and then it's in like bumpy entries into it. And then we got Star Wars again, you know, yeah. it's just right. so. Uh. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. It's it's tough ground to be on. And like I quick sand. Com- but yeah, it is. <laughs> right. <laughs> But I mean, I do, I, you know, some of these filmmakers and storytellers that come along and they do, do try to adapt some of these, the most beloved things. I, I do commend them for the, the risk they're taking in that. I mean, you're going to get desecrated when people don't like this. And inevitably, no matter what you do, people are not going to like it, that care a lot about it. And they're going to be really mean to you. <laughs> so it's yeah. like, you know, it, it's a, it's a feat to take on. And so I think largely here to bring it back to Dune, I think largely I, I feel he was successful. But I agree with everything being said about. It. I do think that the film could be improved upon. I don't know that I loved it more than I loved Blade Runner, and I am a 2049, and I'm a massive fan of that film. But that was an example of taking this world for me, and really modernizing storytelling within that world, and really to me like bringing even more weight to characters than the previous film even had, the original film had at all, in my opinion. And I. I just thought that he it was so great, and so I think he's on to something here, and might be trying to do that. It's just interesting that it happened this way. I think it's, it's, it's. I don't. Again, again, it's the same thing where Blade Runner. I didn't hate it, 
but I didn't love it, you know? And it's it terrible. I kind of found it a little bit forgettable. Um, some of the imagery, I think, stuck with me, especially those um, those red moments because the Bay Area turned like red one day and it was literally like walking yeah. through like Latin 2020. I know, I like, laughed. I was, like, I was like, I would have thought this was impossible, but here we go. Yeah, but um, yeah, no, he... No, but, but 29's not my favorite. I, I won't say Arrival that. for me. Yeah. Arrival for me, I'm like that's. I love great, Arrival. Great fucking filmmaking. I think Arrival yeah, is incredible. Great. Yeah, Blade Blade Runner 2049, not my favorite film. I I think it's gorgeous, and but I don't particularly care about the original either. So I think that you know that follows. Yeah, but I I want to see. I don't know. I I think I wanted more vampires. You know, I'm gonna be very honest. We we know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She wanted, I don't know, even even one vampire would have setting, made her happen. Setting, just one vampire, vampires. okay. Yeah, just one. Um, I needed, promise. It's like they she say, Wesley right? Snipes or Kiefer Sutherland to walk through. I mean, expectations are, are literally yeah. everything, so. Yes. Yes, as we've learned from Dune. Well, in a less high sci-fi foray, I don't even know. I don't know if it's fair to call it sci-fi. I, I really struggled with it. We watched Invasion on Apple TV+. How did you think of it? I feel like I'm, I'm just made clear. Matt loved it. Oh no! Or really enjoyed it, because um, it seems more up his alley. I will say that. I mean, I didn't hate it. I enjoyed. I only saw the first episode, so maybe there's more. I guess it's very bold for me to call a movie invasion and then not actually even say the word alien in the first episode at all, and just mm-hmm. have all these sort of bizarre things happening. So it. It moved a little slower than I expected. That's not necessarily a bad thing. I will say that the only characters that I was like super invested in were the Japanese women. And I like really want them to be like lovers and um, pretending for the sake of, I don't know. I don't know why they would pretend, but I want to know and I want to write that book because I like them and their chemistry and I thought they were cool. So you're mostly right. I don't, I'm not like obsessed with it, but I, I really did enjoy it. But I, I thought it's, it's keeping me very edge of the seat about the fact that they, they're so reckless with who they're just killing off <laughs> like like I keep thinking people are going to be around longer and then it's like in the first episode two of the bigger the bigger stars at least in my mind are dead yeah. just right I away I, was could, like, what? I thought they could only, I was like they can only get them for one episode this is what has happened to it them. must you think yeah because I was just like what in the yeah. world but then um I'm really sad but, because I those were the two characters I liked and you killed half of them well it gets it gets I mean you you, you get more involved and I, I very much like like the character who's alive still I don't know the actress's name but I, I really do like her character in this subsequent episode but but uh, I, I did like that the mom getting, like prepared that whole dinner from the Instagram she found oh yeah that was Love that was her. some petty that was some petty shit yeah that was that was something yeah I mean but, lay him fucking yeah. out dude yeah suck. I I'm really enjoying and so it's funny is I actually quite liked that we haven't had any mention of aliens and we don't know what these things totally look well we, you know, in the first episode don't know much about what's going on in the way it's very much a slow burn so I, I wouldn't imagine it would be for most people and that's not even a dig I just don't think it would be for most people because it's like okay you guys this is kind of risky to be able to just this is a, a character drama that's really like it, it reminded me of Babel not to say because Rinko but it reminded me of kind of the structure of Babel in the way but less exciting so far but the structure where or something like traffic or crash, where you're crash, just like, yeah. I think of why an ensemble cast. Oh my God, I like, like none of those movies. Am I hearing people who don't like Babel? Oh no, I like Babel. Babel oh. is I like Babel. Fine, Babel, yeah. 
Babel is the best Babel. of those, Crash and, and but I don't no. I don't love I Crash. I love Babel. I don't like Crash. Uh, I love Crash. Mm-hmm. Don't love Traffic, but I love Babel. But anyway, this was giving me also like structurally sensate vibes and the kind of I like how we're we're looking at people globally who don't know each other and kind of just seeing as everyone reacts to this thing that's happening and it happens differently everywhere so far. So I'm a big alien alien person and I'm always more drawn to the signs alien than I am like the independence day alien, right? Like Mm -hmm. where it's like, we're going to have this slow drama focusing on these people, making you care about the people before we see what happens to them when, when the invasion actually happens, you know? Uh, And so it's, it's not, I'm not saying it's totally successful in doing that yet, but so far I'm intrigued by that and I'm enjoying it. See my, my challenge with it is I made it through the three episodes that were available and uh, you know, aside from our Japanese astronaut, just and Sam Neil, I, mean, I didn't even care about Sam Neil's character. I just like him because he's Sam Neil. Yeah, I I could not have cared less about any other storylines, and I was like, this is not enough to watch for me. And I, you know, the the cheating husband storyline is fine and it's played out, but no offense, those actors are not the strongest of the actors, and so it's a little challenging to watch them. And the whole military one just gets so they do one of my least favorite things, and I. I this isn't a huge player, but like there's a scene where people don't speak the same language, but they like conveniently are having a super, you know, it's not fluent, but they they understand each other without speaking the same language. And they're not saying things that are like common, basically like pointing and stuff like that. It's like a, a conversational thing between two characters. And they just, I was just like, I can't. He's supposed I, to be learning, but yeah, I get it. But no, I, he he's clearly not, you know, I'm just, I. Yeah, it, I like it. Lost I like me. The... It lost me. I like the cheating husband story, and then I really like, well, to get, I mean, I know Jackie didn't get to episode two, but the kids, I like the kids, and so I, I'm, oh. uh, yeah, I mean, I'm into it, but we'll see. I don't know. We'll have to see where where it where it goes and how crazy or not crazy it gets. Really, I know it's ten episodes. I think. Yeah, I read I ten. Know. I think I saw ten. Yeah. Yes. Are you two keeping up with Foundation as well? Yes. No. I'm not either. And I feel like, Matt, Matt, you are the Apple TV Plus, like, you know, loyalist out of us, which is not a bad thing. I'm glad there's content that you like, but. I'm glad someone's watching. (laughs) Someone's watching it. There is something about these adaptations that they're making that it's like, we know they're spending money on them. It's not that there's not no name talent involved. This is, this is technically from Simon Kinberg, who Mm -hmm. is. He's done a ton of of stuff I've loved, ton I've hated. Yes, yes. He's He's responsible for things. Lots Mm -hmm. of, lots of things. I blame him for a lot. And then I like him for other things. So it's hard to say. Yeah. He's a, yeah. But, but you know, it's just something is not meshing for me, especially with the sci-fi ones on Apple TV plus. I feel like for some reason there's no humor in any sci-fi really Mm -hmm. and there's no and so it's like they're all just dark and serious and slow Mm. yeah I'm trying to think but I just want them to like be fun humans sometimes too you know yeah yeah that's probably that's pretty true but yeah I look at my most of my favorite sci-fi movies are dark and brooding. So it probably makes sense that that's true because I, I really like the the drama mixed with it uh, being very mellow. You know, I love melodrama, but I just like yeah. it. But I, I, need, I, I like that myself. The thing is, it's like, I don't need like a lot of humor, but I need, a, I mean, I don't want them to be comedies or anything. I just want, you know, a little bit of levity. I, I feel like we may have talked about this before, but where did you two land on The Martian? 
Oh, it's okay. I love The Martian. Okay, because that to me is one that has humor. You know, it's not. I really a like the book, so it could be like I, love I don't. The, yeah. I, I don't remember if I honestly don't remember. I I don't. I didn't come out of the movie hating it. So, but I haven't <laughs> really seen it a lot, so I don't have a huge. I don't remember no, but what I, think I your felt first like impression is, is. Is was positive. The, the, the lasting impression, right? Like I enjoy. Still... But I like Andy Weir's books, so I like basically all. I liked Artemis. I like you know. I like the new one. Uh, I forget what it's called. Which is a, a Hail Mary, which is going to have Ryan Gosling in it. Yeah. So I I like that sort of mix of like a little bit of like humor, but with right, the there's some levity to dark. it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like Battlestar Galactica even was pretty big and dark for the most part, but you know, the characters would make fun of each other and you know, that kind of stuff, which I like. Or they'd, or they'd have like breakout, like venting moments, you know, that, yeah. that broke the. Yeah, I agree. I'm just trying to think back to like the last sci-fi thing that had any sort of humor or joy to it. The only thing that pops to mind is The Martian, but I'm sure there's something after that. There has to be. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I've always so. liked, I've always been very drawn to, I always liked the original Blade Runner growing up, uh, but I, I very. Which is a full on comedy. <laughs> right. I'm very drawn to, and I was a big alien guy. I've always, I like the, and there's some humor in those, of course, but like they're horror films, you know, and I. Right. I, I like space horror. I, I think aliens are scary. I desperately want to be abducted, but I think that they're <laughs> scary. I love like fire in the sky, you know, where it's like still regarded as like that abduction scene toward the end is still regarded as one of the more horrifying <laughs> abduction scenes ever committed to film. And I, things like that, I've always, that's, that's always the kind of, and I really did like Battlestar Galactica, but uh, I, I think I, I think we're getting to something here, but I think I'm, I'm very drawn to like the dark brooding sci-fi. Which is That's why like you're my, probably liking. Yeah. Why I'm liking know, these things. Because I'm actually yeah. quite quite loving Foundation now. <laughs> I didn't, I wasn't like raving about the first couple, but I, I feel like it's finally getting its footing a little bit to where I'm really invested in the story now. So it's like, I don't know if it's just taking too long. I don't know, but I'm into it now. And it's still oh, how very. How many episodes uh, has it taken you though? Uh, I think by the by the start of the, I think by the fourth, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm liking it. I was, I was I'm liking not, it the whole time. I, I just wasn't like salivating. You know, right. When now I said no, like, it's not like one of those ones that I won't catch up with at some point, but it's like one of those because I don't I didn't hate the episodes. I watched No, I didn't hate it either, but I, I do think it just indicative. wasn't I wasn't compelled to keep, you know what I mean? I didn't feel like, oh, my God, I need to know what happens. Um, right. But I think I'm given not, our personalities, that is that is sort of it, mo- it knocks it down a tier. Right. In terms of. You know where I'm, where we land on it. I'm curious about if I go through if I like the series enough. If I ever go through and do a rewatch, I'm curious to know how I feel about the first episodes, knowing that I wasn't again like salivating like oh I gotta watch the next. Mm-hmm. But now I think it was probably episode four. By the end of that one, I was or maybe it was the end of episode five really, but four I liked. But end of five, I was like oh shit okay I, I need this next episode now. And now it's now it's like a appointment television for me. Oh, that's I, fun. I like that. I know it just I like I want that right. I love having a show that I'm like, when's the next one coming out? Me too. But it it just maybe it's the the you know what show the... that I got obsessed with that we've never talked about. I love only burners in the building. I thought that show ended up being fantastic. I I I haven't watched it yet. I want to watch it, but then it's I'm like really worried it got overhyped, and I've managed to yeah, avoid maybe. spoilers on it so far. And so I'm like, I just need I want to let it like die it took down me like bit. three episodes. 
me and my friend Megs watch like whodunit stuff together a lot. And so she was like, oh, you want to watch this show? And I was like, okay, you know, whatever. And so we would watch it weekly together. So that's part of it was it was kind of fun, you know, to watch together and mm-hmm. do. And anyway, I really ended up very much enjoying it. Yeah, I think that's one that's on my list, certainly. But again, it's it's almost Dune syndrome, right? Where I was like, thankfully, I saw it before. I saw Dune before, like even more pressure got added to it. Because I think if yeah. I'd seen it, you know, then I'd be like, this doesn't live up at all. What's everyone? Did I watch the same movie? Like, right. Yeah, I feel like I've had some weeklies lately that I've been not like, oh, my God, this is the most amazing thing of all time. But, you know, Foundation becoming one of them. I'm, I'm a big morning show guy. And I, I'm not the new season, I don't think is as good to me as the first season was so far but I, I still look forward to it every week and I'm like okay the new one's up so I watch it and I've been doing that with impeachment even though it makes me sad oh uh, I haven't I've, been watching I forgot that was out oh I'm excited it's now it's a, it's a lot it's a lot it's a lot it's a lot but I especially as it's gone on I look forward to it every week and I, I think it's ending very soon unless maybe it's already ending now this week I don't know but so that's been going on but I so I've had I've had a pretty good streak lately of some like weeklies I feel like my weekly plate is getting kind of full and then you have now two drag races going and then add Bravo and I'm so excited so <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, for ah. me drag race is always something I look forward to having a new episode for yeah and then ever since only murders ended I don't really have anything else when well I mean we're gonna yeah we're gonna have we it's it's a month away we're gonna have hawkeye yeah hawkeye will be here <laughs> i'm looking forward and to then, it i'm also kind of stressed because i don't like jeremy renner very much so i just no, don't understand that's correct. i love Haley steinfeld though i'm i mean i think dickinson is fantastic so see another one i just couldn't get through mm. I, I watched a lot of them but i just didn't i couldn't it was not i believe that's returning soon as well yeah i think so For she the posted final something season. but i don't remember when yeah, but um, we'll have Hawkeye and then, you know, whatever Book of Boba Fett ends up being and yeah, that'll be coming. And, and then from there, I think we the Marvel just continues. And so does it? I think because we got Hawkeye going in and then I think we jump into we were supposed to get Ms. Marvel, remember, at the end of this year. So I think that'll probably be spring next year now. Right. That would make sense. Yeah. All my quote appointment television is reality right now, which I'm not actually overjoyed about. Like I, I, I like my garbage reality stuff, but I, oh, I you want, want some something. Yeah, I want something good and that I, you know, I want a heavy sci-fi mm-hmm. thing. You know, to, I, I just feel like, I don't know, they all remind me of The Expanse, you know, dark. How far are you in that? Low. The Expanse? I'm only yeah. like, I don't know, I don't think I'm ever going to get through it, like eight <laughs> episodes into season one. And you're tapping out? That's not a good sign? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, unfortunately, it's the show we chose to watch when I tapped out of supernatural so now i feel like the asshole if i'm like i also don't like the expanse i don't know i I feel like you shouldn't be obligated to says the person who picks our viewing a lot Mm -hmm. (laughs) so it's like uh, it's it's a delicate balance i'm waiting to see if every because it doesn't seem like everyone else likes it either so i'm just gonna suffer for a little bit and see if you don't don't want to be the first to to cave because i was the one who forced us to stop watching supernatural because i was like can't do it anymore i'm sorry because there's a 10 million seasons you didn't force anybody you just said you weren't going to watch it anymore and then they wanted to change that you continue watching with them yeah which was very nice but then we changed to a show that i apparently don't like either so you know you gotta find it's like the the goldilocks stuff you gotta find the right i don't know man because it's a commitment it's a it's a big commitment yeah. Yeah. We don't get anything on Disney Plus until Book of Boba Fett on the 29th. I mean, we get Hawkeye, but. Yeah. What's Book of Boba Fett? Do we know? We don't. I think that. it's I think it's probably him with. Well, it's, it's him and, and uh, Fennec. Fennec so it's, basically uh, kind of running. Not like, running. 
the crime syndicate on Tatooine, it seems. <laughs> yes. I don't know, if really, but remember they sat down and Jabba up on the throne where... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, and then Bib Fortuna. But it's a show, it's right? Bib Fortuna. Oh, Fortuna. Yeah, giant Bib Fortuna. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. A show. I'm pretty sure it's a show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or it might be like a limited series, right? Like, yeah, right, I don't know. Right. But not just like a movie. I think it's like episodes and stuff. It better not be. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Disney what I mean, are you doing right now? I did actually Disney had a really good series on their attractions, which I enjoyed. But you have to be a pretty big biz Disney nerd to be really into that. So Oh, is that the one about the rides? Yeah, they did like deep dives in each of the rides and and the, my favorite one ended up being about the Disneyland Hotel, which I thought like, oh great, we're watching a whole episode <laughs> about the Disneyland Hotel. How silly. And then it was a so much that I didn't know. Because a lot of the other stuff at least for me as a Disney person, a lot of the other stuff I knew, I didn't learn a lot from a lot of the episodes. Mm -hmm. um, you know, just having, you know, osmosis and being around it for so long and going all the stuff. But I didn't know almost anything about the Disneyland Hotel and how that happened. And Yeah, but I think it's just, it scratches a different itch, right? It's it's like yeah. the docuseries versus mm -hmm. the, the deep immersive narrative driven type thing. When are, we getting, when are we getting more – we don't know if we're getting more way down anytime soon, right? Oh, uh, no, we uh, – not for a while. Well, I think this concludes our sci-fi chapter for the week. Thank you both. Yes, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, as per usual, to Jackie and Matt. And now a couple of super quick follow-up points. One of the big things that we touched upon in terms of changes from the Dune book to the Dune 2021 version is the recasting of Liet Kynes. But the other important thing, and uh, sorry, this is a spoiler in terms of book versus movie, but the character has already been killed off in the movie. That is definitely not how Liet Kynes goes out in the books. That feels like a pretty big plot point change in terms of just how the Fremen people interact with the Outworlders. There should actually be some ripple effect from this plot decision, but it's an adaptation. So you have to just sort of accept that, no, it might not be a one-to-one -one faithful adaptation. The other thing I should note, there technically is at least one other credited Asian actor in Dune 2021, but they are not in a speaking role. They're like the secondhand person to Jason Momoa's character. So I don't, I don't count that. I, I still am pretty frustrated by the lack of representation, both for Asians and Asian Americans, and also for Arabic and Muslim representatives. That has been it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, we would love it if you could leave us a rating or a review or even consider subscribing.